Welcome to the Love Fly podcast. I'm Paul Tizard, fear of flying coach and creator of the Today program, Overcome Your Fear of Flying. And today we have a very special guest, Nicole, who has been on the Today program, one of the self-coach ones. And Nicole has volunteered her time to come on, talk on the podcast, give us an honest evaluation of it. And I genuinely do not know how she's got on. So first things first, thank you, Nicole, and welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. So uh, in short, I've gotten on very well. I can get more into that, but thank you for having me. No, brilliant. That's brilliant. So give us a bit of a a background, what your fear was like, how it started, you know, so we get kind of a picture of the journey you've been on, excuse the pun. Sure. Um, So actually in the 30 day program, one of the things that you have people do is to write out, I think it's day three, they write out a timeline of when and where the fear started. And that was really interesting for me to do because it's been building for a while, I could tell. And initially, I would say when, when I was probably in 11 or 12 years old, my parents send us on a trip to Florida to meet my aunt. And we went the three siblings alone without a parent. And I was 12 and I was the oldest. And the way home, there was a tropical depression going up the coast. Now, knowing what I know now, we did not fly through it, (laughs) but there was, it was a bumpy ride and it was a little chaotic in the airplane. I remember some things spilling and my parents weren't there and it was scary. So that was one of the first. I also have watched my parents be afraid to fly. They do fly, but it is a whole production with Xanax and alcohol and you get them somewhere and they can't remember where gates are and all of this. And so I've grown up with that. And they went, and then the next big one was about... 13 years ago, we flew to the Caribbean and I had little children. And on the way home, it was pretty, pretty bumpy. Again, things kind of flying around, you know, on the rougher side, we made it obviously. And, but I had little kids and I remember, (laughs) I remember thinking with my six month old in my arms, like, is she going to live past six months old? And now I think that's a little ridiculous, but the fear grew and There has been sadly a few things that I've missed. I've missed a trip to Arizona with some girlfriends. My husband and I were supposed to about six years ago, fly out to Napa and I did not go. And I actually was supposed to fly just to Chicago, which is from here in Maryland is about an hour and a half for work. And I didn't do that. And I don't think that was really great on my record. So that's, it's been building. It's been building. And I will say that um, I'm in my mid forties. When I turned 40, I said, I'm going to really attack this, but then COVID happened and it gave me an excuse to get alone for a while. That's excellent. I mean, so that's a great history and there's lots of potential trigger points. There is impressive that you've been able to work out 
what the history and the timeline was. Not everybody can. Sometimes people just say it just started. Now, I flew all around the world when I was a child. Then all of a sudden, one day, boom, well, not boom, but I just stopped, <laughs> stopped liking it. So you, it's interesting that you'd be able to plot that and also see some other references when you were a small child, not having people around, and then also your parents. So that's yeah. that's brilliant. And you being a parent as well would have given you that extra like feeling of responsibility, I'm guessing. Oh, absolutely. That definitely heightened things. But it also gave me the the desire to get rid of this because I don't want to pass it on. I have four children and I don't want to pass it on to them. And um, I think how we initially spoke is we were taking a trip to Florida in April Hmm. over the Easter break. And I wasn't going to get on the plane. I was going to send my family on the trip without me. And I found your podcast, listened to every single episode. It was enough to get me on the plane. And I think I told you that I actually had one of the best flights mentally that I've had in a very long time, Wow, um, both ways. But that was what finally I said, okay, I've, I've got to do this. I've got to get over this. Yeah. So that was the kind of a turning point, wasn't it? Because there's, you've clearly identified some other impact areas. And one of the things that I think it's really helpful for nervous flyers, which you've clearly identified is reasons to get rid of it. You know, turn 40, enough is enough. Mm-hmm. And then COVID, and that was great. You recognize that you kind of had to, well, I don't need to do it. And then you yes. missed out on some trips. These are these are all great moments, you know. So thank you for sharing those. That's really useful. Thank you. They've been, they were tough. They're not easy on, on the family. And, it, you know, I don't want to be that, person that's a pain in the butt to fly with like I said like my my parents <laughs> yeah no one wants to be that person no no, I no and I, I I clearly have been I see it now for what it is <laughs> so what were your triggers when you flew what was the stuff that would was it before the flight during you know give us a bit of a picture sure so before the flight probably you know a week before I would start watching the weather just, you know, because I'm such a great meteorologist and I know exactly everything, um, I would start watching the weather, what it's going to be at my takeoff airport and my destination airport. What is, you know, there's websites you can go on and see what the turbulence is going to be. I'd start looking at that days before and just, I really worry about takeoff and landing. I used to be afraid of the whole thing, but crews I've gotten a lot better with, but the takeoff and landing, you know, that would concern me. So particularly what was the weather in those, in those areas Mm. and the anticipation, a lot of times, if I could get on the plane, I would be okay. We'll say, okay. My husband wouldn't say, okay. He'd say I was a pain in the butt, but the whole time I love your example of I'm that person in the plane, keeping it up and keeping Thank it. You. Going. We appreciate I, it. Yeah. Yes. I, I am glad to give my services. I immediately would get on Wi-Fi in the plane. I would freak out if I couldn't. And I'd be watching the weather and everything the entire way that we were going and, you know, just every bump, like, how bad is it? I look at my water cup. How much is it? it? Just, there was no relaxing on the plane at all, at all. Sounds absolutely exhausting. It was. And I get to the destination and it just was like, 
you know, and sometimes I would get to the destination and all that pent up energy would just almost, I'd cry because it was like, Oh, okay. God, I made it. Oh my gosh. Miracle. (laughs) Yeah. So So that's a lot to deal with, isn't it? It's a lot to deal with. Emotionally, it is a lot to deal with. And then turn around on the flip side, you're on your vacation, you get a few good days and you turn around and start worrying about it again. So, yeah. Yeah. And did you think it was, I mean, obviously you had thoughts before when you were on board, were you aware of how it started? Was it thoughts? Was it a feeling? It was definitely thoughts, catastrophic thoughts. And For me, I know it's definitely not so much, again, listening to one of your more recent podcasts on mindfulness, and they were talking about simple phobias, about the more complex, it's definitely more complex. It's certainly a control issue with me. Um, Many times I thought if I could just be upfront and make, see the pilots and know that they're calm and everything's good, I would feel more comfortable, you know, even when I'm driving in a car here, I'm much more comfortable if I'm driving or my husband's driving as opposed to, you know, an Uber driver or something like that. So it definitely is a control thing for Mm. me and letting go of that control that the pilots have got this, that the crew has got this, that they don't need me (laughs) to help. So it's definitely thoughts. Definitely. That's great. Some people don't know. They, they, you know, so that's, impressive in itself they don't take that for granted because some people i'll ask them how does it start how do you know, teach me how to get your love your type of fear because it's unique for everybody sure uh, even if it culminates in turbulence i hate turbulence it's still the thoughts or whatever process is unique and sometimes people say i don't know it just it just happens to me so the fact that you know where it starts and then what you do and the safety behaviors that you do to maintain the fear, such as keeping an eye on the weather and concentrating right. to keep the flight in the air. So. Right. I know. Exactly. But all of those thoughts then create feelings and then the feelings have it's a cycle and the feelings mm. happen and that makes you feel uncomfortable. And it's just then it goes around again and you get anxious. And so it's it's a it's a horrible thing, a horrible fear. Yeah, and yeah. one that's truly, you truly do have to give up control. Um, you really do. So it's, you know, in a car, you can finagle your way and say, well, you know, I, I'll just drive. But you can't. I'm not going to walk on the plane and say, hey, you know what? I'll take over. Today. Good. Glad to hear that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing personal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. So, so it, 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 is, it is an interesting one, isn't it? Because I often used to say, and I still say this to people, you can manage around, not you can manage your life without flying. It's not the end of the world if you don't fly anywhere. But what it does do is rob you of choices, doesn't it? And that's the sure that's the big that's the big sort of pain point, isn't it? Right. It is. I mean, even at with careers and stuff, when I look or think of things and it was, you know, a lot of flying involved, it would be, well, I don't know mm. if I'd want to do that. So you really limit yourself in many things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. However, <laughs> I'm getting the sense that there's been some progress. Yes. So talk us through. So we first spoke back in April, was it? Yes. Yeah. And then it was you've back done, in April. You've done the 30-day self-coach thingy. Plus, I mean, you devoured the podcast as well, which 
Yes. I've actually realised now that people are listening to them. I'll actually have to put a bit more effort into editing them, make them a bit smarter. <laughs> oh, well, I think they're wonderful. I really, really do. Um, it's gotten to the point where that music comes on at the beginning and I'm like, okay, I'm about to hear something good here that's going to help. All right, okay. Because I'm yeah. fed up with the music now. I mean, I loved it when I first found it, um, especially because it's called Fearless. I thought, oh, that's perfect. Yes. But now I'm thinking, I wonder if people are getting sick of it, you know. But oh, that's yeah, really nice to know. It. It's become a signature. If I heard oh, it anywhere, I would think of Love Fly. But I, yes, I think I reached out to you because after my flight, it was, I would, even my husband, who has been through this and is quite, you know, the critic of me flying, said, wow, you really did a good job. And he. Did you record it? Yeah, I know, right? I should say that again to my phone. (laughs) Yes, right? Please. You really did a good job. What? So I reached out to you and just said how much I appreciated all that you did and with the courses. And I, but I knew at that moment, I, there were more needed to be done. It wasn't just that. And okay, we're good. Because as you said, as you talk about the fears are, we created the fear. It was learned. Um, and it's very easy when something's learned, you have to keep working at it. And I took that flight in April. It was good. If I had left it at that, you know, the next time I had to fly, I'm sure things would have come back. So I've done the 30 day course. I continue to listen to your podcast. I actually, you had mentioned, I think in the email to take notes. Well, I took notes every day. I have a little, wow, book. look at that. Tell you day by day what what happened. Started off. So the fear of flying assessment, I started off at a 40, um, which is pretty high. Yeah. It is pretty high. And I think at the end, the assessment, let me see if I have it. Oh yeah, I was down to 13. No way. Yes, down to a 13. And that, um, we, we say around about 10 is fairly normal, actually, for anybody. It was so it was a big, big jump. There were things that just questions that you asked on the fear of flying assessment that were not just weren't going to bother me as much anymore. It wasn't as high of an anxiety mm. level. I really love because I like even prior to this, I was into meditation and mindfulness, the paced breathing and the acting like you're not afraid, you know, walking on the plane and being confident, sitting in your seat, like you're sitting in your chair at home. And unfortunately I have not yet had a chance to try it. Although we're hoping very soon to just take a flight. We're really fortunate here on the East coast. You can pop up to Boston or Charleston, South Carolina, and it's a short flight. So those were things that really helped the, the technical aspects were learning about the technical aspects of the flight and what goes on, what each member of the crew does and the training that they have to go through. Those are all things that really, really helped a lot. I, I thought it was was excellent. Along with continuing to listen to the podcast, I subscribe to your blog, which you do a great job of putting extra videos and things on there that may be helpful to to watch. I knew somebody read them. Yes, I know. I do. Absolutely. <laughs> it's, <you. laughs> it's me. 
the, the so I, I would say I've done an excellent job. Now I have not had to fly yet, mm. but it's interesting because my sister had to fly this past Friday and she she has a fear of flying as well. I think learned, like I said, from the family situation, not as bad, um, but definitely some fear. And the weather here on Friday was probably what you're used to in London. It just rained all day long. It was, it wasn't windy. It wasn't, but it was just kind of dreary and cool and rainy all day long. And she texted me and said, I have to get on this plane. Well, they were supposed to leave at 7 p.m. at night. The plane kept getting delayed. And as it got delayed, she was getting more nervous. What's wrong? Why is it delayed? And she texted me and I said, well, it's delayed for a reason. They're not going to take off. If And here I am saying, and I'm saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm saying these Who is this person? (laughs) Who is this? Well, even she was like, what the heck? I guess she was expecting me to commiserate with her. And I said, in in all honesty, you know, the pilots are going to take off when it's safe. They won't allow them to take off. And this rain will do nothing. I bet your flight is smooth because there's not even any wind. And she she was like, okay, I can't believe you're you're saying this. And she texted me. They finally did leave at around nine o'clock at night and got in 11 something. And she said, you were absolutely right. The flight was great. There was no problems. And but. I did find myself thinking, okay, uh, when she initially texted me and I looked outside and saw the weather and I thought about, oh, if I was on that, I got a little nervous. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, I know, I, I thought to myself, if I had to leave, would the delays have made me nervous? And I think they still would have a little, but I think I would have been able to yeah. talk to myself and say, there are delays for a reason and it's for safety. And the weather probably would have made me a little bit nervous. The takeoff, um, I don't know what the weather was in Florida, but it made me think where, so where I still have is that I would have a hard time if I had to fly tomorrow, not going back to my old securities of checking the weather, checking the turbulence along the route. I think I would absolutely get on the plane and I think I would have a pretty decent flight but those security measures mean security blankets. Mm. That's where I still have to work a little bit. I don't think I'm quite at the point where I would get on, not give a care to the weather here or there and go along my way. But a huge jump is that I would definitely fly. I wouldn't change my flight because of the weather, which I have done before. And I, I would probably have a decent flight and be able to relax some. That's massive, isn't it? Yeah. That is a massive achievement. It is. Yes. You know, some of the stuff you just talked about there is um, leftover automatic patterns. Yes. You know, and you've invested quite heavily in them in the past. Years. You know, I'm wondering what you could I'm wondering what you could do to replace some of those with something more helpful for you. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, maybe something to think Right, about. right. I think part of it is just, you know, jumping right in. And when I take a flight, just just doing it and showing myself, look, it, it was fine. I, you know, the, the airline didn't need me to check the weather. Before no. I <laughs> Turns out they were okay. They were, turns out they were all right. Turns out they took the, the path with the least turbulence. You know, I think I would just have to 
employ your tactics of confidence and getting on the plane and the breathing techniques and the, I, I probably would bring my little book with all the notes that I've written yeah, yeah. that I could go and just reassure myself, particularly during takeoff and landing. And the big jump is that I wouldn't miss the event or the flight. I, I, it wouldn't be something that would cause a big disruption in my family life. No, well, so. that, well, that's massive. I mean, that is, let me just say something about the turbulence then. So one of the things I've worked out, because I've done some of those checks as well with those, you know, tells you, predicts mm-hmm. the turbulence. They're not accurate. <laughs> because the um, ride report that pilots get as well will say mm-hmm. we'll have turbulence at this point, And then it either it doesn't sometimes doesn't show up. Right. Uh, the other thing is the pilot's not bothered by the turbulence, as you know, because they know it doesn't, it's not going to, no turbulence will bring an aircraft down, but it's, it's in our mind. We don't like the feeling of it. So that's completely understandable. So right. they're always looking for routes to find, which just to make it more comfortable. But, you know, we deliberately, I think it just reminds perhaps the listeners that Captain Steve talks about this, that going from the US to the UK, they deliberately jump into jet streams which are those huge columns of air with which you've got turbulence in them because it's faster, right. you know, saves you fuel, saves you prices. And uh, that's going to be a little bit more bumpy, but not unsafe. And so no. I, think it, I think there will come a point where eventually you perhaps you'll be able to let go of that one as well. And I'd love to know when that happens. Oh, absolutely. And, and I think, so we do, my family is, when I say family, I mean, extended grandparents, siblings and all has been very eager to take a vacation. And my, we did book a year from now, a trip to Jamaica with everyone. Yeah. So yes, but I would love to get on a couple flights before then, before a year, because I truly am a believer of putting these things into action. You have to practice it as you say, because it's for years since I was 10 or 12, whatever, I've practiced all those other things. So I've had 30 some years of these ingrained activities that have not been helpful on the flight. So I I need to practice getting on and being confident and not checking the weather and not checking the turbulence forecast. And I mean, it's it's kind of what's reasonable and what's overchecked, isn't it? So I might check the weather before if I was leaving and if I was sure. going to where I was going to land just because I'd be interested but sure. that wouldn't make any difference so it's kind of working out well, actually you don't have to give that up it's just like what's the thought process you attach to it you know yes, so yes. It's what, you know it's what's reasonable does it take me down a rabbit hole it's one of those things <laughs> that Very initially special. you know initially if I'm trying to get rid of it you know almost if you're trying to quit smoking or something I, I wouldn't even touch it because I could see that if I looked and there was storms or something like that, I could see myself going into other bad habits. It would just take me down. So it's one of those things that I think to start, I would have to give it up completely. Cold yeah, turkey. Call it cold turkey. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yes. Did you say that expression? No, we say that, yeah. It's probably exactly. come from the US, let's be honest. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think there's well, one of the things I would say about the the new patterns you're trying to create. And sometimes I use this analogy or metaphor, can I remember which is which? But it, when you're trying to create new patterns, 
it's like walking through a field of long grass that no one's walked mm. up through. And as you walk through, it's more effort. But if you kept walking through the, and chose the same path, eventually you'd be carving out uh, an easy route through the, through the right. field. And that's what it's a bit like with your brain. And so when you, it's easy to go down the well-trodden path. And so that's what Absolutely. you're talking about. So when you start to do something new, it takes a little bit more effort initially, but eventually it can become like the way that you go. That makes a lot of sense. And I like that way of thinking that, you know, through a, a grassy field, because right now, I mean, it is a very clear path to go the other direction and I could fall into those habits very easily. And I was reminded of that Friday um, with my sister and I, and I had to, it took zero effort to fall back into, Oh gosh, well, mm, I don't know if I'd want to fly today. You know, I'd be checking this and that, but immediately I thought, okay, I'm going to exude confidence to her. Mm. I'm going to, you know, talk about what I've learned and that they, they're, is a reason for the delay. They're not going to take off if it's not safe. And, and, you know, I think it helped her some, she was quite surprised that this was coming from me, but again, you know, I, those are the, that path I need to walk a little more and I'd like to do it taking a few short plane rides. I'm going to give you a mission. Okay. Okay. (laughs) I'd like you to teach your sister what you've learned just in little bit bite-sized bites. And the, yes. the reason for this is there's a, a principle from, you've probably heard Stephen Covey, you know, the mm-hmm. author of Seven yes. Habits and everything. And he says the best way to learn anything is to teach someone else. Oh, and yeah. so as soon as you started telling your sister, you, you start to internalize it. I didn't even realize that, but that makes complete sense. That and does. An extra, the extra caveat or disclaimer is, Look out for the following thing that might happen as you start to change the way you habitually deal with flying. And it sounds like you've got a very supportive environment around you and your your partner has been very supportive. But what sometimes can happen is people can trigger you back because they'll say, oh, check you out. You're normally freaking out by now. Is everything okay? And then they'll do all that sort of give you the, you sure you're okay? And you have to tell them to sod off. I'll let you know if I need your help. And that could happen. Yes. <laughs> yes, it actually has in planning this flight to Jamaica, you know, my my mom was like, "Well, do you think you're going to be able to do it?" Like, yes, I'm going to be able to do it. There's no problem. I will be I will be on that plane. There will not be a problem. She's like, "Well, I don't know, Nicole. I really want to make sure." And just bringing me back into that doubt and that I don't know if you can do it and, you know, even my sister a little bit was like, wow, listen to you. You know, you're usually so afraid. And I thought, no, no, I'm not. I'm not going to be afraid anymore. That's no. the old me. We have a new path. Absolutely. Exactly. And it's, it's something to watch out for because it's not that you, how can I put this in a nice way? It's almost like you need to inoculate yourself against that and, ex- and treat every time that someone says it as evidence that you've changed rather than as a as a link back because it's a very powerful anchor when someone reminds you of how you used to be and they also give you the face or the certain look you know touch your arm in that certain way and say you sure (laughs) and lean in (laughs) all those it's easy to get triggered 
I know it is. And with a fear that has been so longstanding and public, people know that, you know, oh, well, I, she ended up not going on this flight or she ended up not doing this. Um, And for years I'd say, oh, I'm, I hate flying. I hate flying to have this change in my attitude is a little shocking to people. It will be. So I used to say this on the, when I ran these like massive courses and it used to get a laugh, but that wasn't why I did it. But I used to say to, to people that I, I can guarantee you that in your circle of friends or family, that when they have their, you know, near plummet story from their flight, you're the first person they make a beeline for to say, you never guess what happened. <laughs> Absolutely. Because they knew they could commiserate with, and I'm sure, you know, there were good intentions, but that was one of the reasons my sister reached out to me because she knew she could commiserate with me. And then for me to respond with such positivity was like, what? Yeah. Okay. Where's yeah. this coming from? We have to be so, careful, don't we? Cause it sort of feeds the fear. So you're, you've made some amazing progress. It sounds like you're really doing some awesome stuff. Well, thank you. It's uh, you're you are doing some awesome things. And I have told people, you know, cause I, Thank you. when you're a fearful flyer, you meet others of your kind. <laughs> so I know a few who have reached out and said, you really should look into this because it's just been great. I do think part of it though, you, as with anything that you're ready to give up, you have to mentally be ready to do it. Sure. All the knowledge and work in the world isn't going to work. If you're not ready to just say, I'm done with this. I'm done. Yes. you you hit it completely on the head I used to say to people as one of my colleagues used to say the fact that you're here is enough and I'd say it's not quite enough but it is a lot you know so the fact that you show up if that I would say that's about 70 to 80 percent of the job is to say do you know what bring it on you know I'm, I'm sick of this thing I've had enough and I want to do something positive about it there are some people that will go through the motions to appease a partner or somebody say I went on the course, I tried, and it didn't yes. work. <laughs> but yes. uh, thankfully, that's just few and far between. And I think it's because they're just not ready to it. They, they're probably just thinking, I'll get this person off my back. Perhaps it'll buy me another couple of years of no more hassle, and we can drive to wherever we want to go to. But I think, you, you know, you've been super brave, and you've found the moment, and then you've done something positive about it. So I'm really delighted and honoured that it's been able to help you and uh, you know people like you and also this podcast will be very inspiring for people that are perhaps thinking you know what can I do yes I I I, it's everybody needs in their journey different aspects of of it some people may need more of the technical aspects Mm. of flying and some people may need more of the you know the therapeutic aspects and and so there's different things And for me, I, I, like I had mentioned, I had already for years liked meditation and yoga and stuff, and I could get on the plane and do that, but it's still, for me, it was a lot more of the technical things and hearing the pilots and the crew. And that was something that was, that I really needed. And you do a great job of bringing those people on and speaking to them candidly about their, about their jobs and what they do. Thank you. Um, hopefully they'll, they'll listen to this I mean they're all everyone's a volunteer they're all giving it the time because like we're all passionate about helping people and 
to be honest with you, I had 20 odd years of running the massive Virgin courses, which were great. And given the opportunity, I'd run some larger courses again, but it's been really rewarding to be able to help individuals, you know, to be able to connect with people like yourself and Michael, who you mentioned earlier, and there's a few others that are going to come on that they're going to tell their story. I love that. It's it's just yes. it's just fantastic. You know? Well, and, and that is something that to hear other people's stories helps because you can see the similarities and the differences and what worked for them and that you're not alone. There's something about the global empathy of it, that it's not just you. And when you get on a plane, knowing that, um, I think you said one in five. So there is no doubt other people on the plane that are having the same fear and going through the same things. So definitely. I mean, you you're a normal, you. intelligent human. Yes. And here you are, you know, and I said, most of the people that come through 99.9% are normal, intelligent, high function individuals that just got into some bad habits and it's a, it's a lot of people won't admit it. And I have friends of mine who say, I'm not scared of flying, but I do sit, I sit lightly when I'm on my flight, which I don't <laughs> know what that means if they weigh less or uh, if that helps the, the takeoff right. in some right. way. But, but you know, they're kind of they're slightly on edge, but they just can't do what you've done, which is admit, actually, I need to do something about this. <laughs> Yes, it was time to time to do that. And, and I, and I thank you. And I know that there's still work to be done. It's not perfect. I'm a work in progress. And I do feel if someone were to ask, okay, well, what I think you had mentioned, like, were there any gaps in the, I don't think that there is, I do not think that there is anything else that I could learn or hear, or it just needs to be put into practice in an actual setting for me. And that's going to require me to get on a plane a couple of times. And like I said, luckily we have, mm. you know, Southwest and other carriers that can pop around to cities for, you know, inex- inexpensive. And my husband who has no problem flying is like, oh, this is great. We could go up to Boston and have dinner and then fly home. And <laughs> I never- When could you do that, that then? Yes, let's, right? Let's, when are you going to do it? Give us an act, I, give us a date. So that's what I have to figure out. As I also mentioned, I have four children and for the next couple of weeks, they're involved in a lot of sports. And so I'm hoping that maybe August, end of July, that would be a great time to do that because that's when we will finish to go go up and do that. And then it'd be nice to do something again in the fall, maybe. Would you come on when you do, when you've done that flight? Come and just tell us how you get on. That'd be really lovely to hear. I will reach out to you and let you know how it went. That'd be amazing. Yes. Okay. So thank you, Nicole. So if you had a last message for anybody who's listening, well, I'm assuming they'd have a fear of flying. Why would they be listening otherwise? But (laughs) somebody's listening to the, you know, just they're bored. So I'll listen to this. Uh, what, what, What message would you say to them? You know, I would say to do this, not just for yourself, but for your family and those who love you, because there is a whole world out there. And if you truly, there were many times when I would say to myself, you know, I I don't need to fly. I never need to fly. I am okay living the rest of my life just within driving distance of places. And that, that wasn't true. It really is not true. There are many places that I would like to see. My children would like to go. I have one getting ready to go to college. She wants to go to school in Florida. It will, it will hinder your life. And I feel like even just beginning this, that the doors have started to be opened, that there's a weight lifted and 
there's a whole world waiting out there. So do this for yourself, you know, take the time. What a fantastic message to finish on. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nicole, thank you so much for your time. This has been absolutely amazing. And I can't wait to hear how you get on with your next flight. July, August, we heard, didn't we? So we'll yes, absolutely. that update, yes. Yes, yes. Or sooner. We will. Yes. <laughs> we will, 100%. I will let you know how it goes. So thank you. I thank you for everything that you do for this community out here of us fearful flyers, or previously fearful flyers. <laughs> Very good. Spotted that. Very good. <laughs> yes. Thanks, so Nicole. thank you, Adele.